This is episode 460 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, What to Do with Your Frozen Food If the Power Goes Out. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version, with some commentary, of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, this episode is sponsored by Audible. Now, Audible books were one of the inspirations for this podcast. I purposely don't add bumper music to the podcast because I want it to feel more like an audiobook and just start and provide a lot of value. I love to learn and grow through audiobooks and Audible makes that so easy. If you are not a member of Audible, you can join for free for 30 days and start your Audible journey with two free audiobooks. The great thing about Audible is that you can cancel at any time and you keep the books that you have downloaded. Now, For more information, click the link in the show notes or go to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com forward slash Audible. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into our article of the podcast. It comes to us from askaprepper.com. I think this is a good article because it helps you to understand a little bit of why maybe your food, um, when the power goes out, the food in the freezer, why it goes uh, or why it starts defrosting so quickly and maybe how, you know, ways that you can keep it from defrosting so quickly. Because a lot of the times if you have food in your freezer, I mean, there's going to be a lot of meat. I mean, fruits and vegetables and things like that. Those are, you know, expensive. They can add up. But the real, you know, the thing that you really don't want to lose is the meat. And so how can you ensure that your freezer stays colder longer so your so your food uh, doesn't defrost? And, uh, you know, understanding a little bit behind the, the reasoning why it does that. And so this is a great article. I'm going to read the article. There's a lot of good information here. And then I'm going to come at the very end and then just give you some extra information that's not included in this article. So this comes to us again from askaprepper.com. The article is entitled, What to Do with Your Frozen Food If the Power Goes Out. Freezing food is a great way of preserving it. If you can keep food at zero degrees Fahrenheit or lower, you can delay spoilage for months or even years. And best of all, frozen food keeps most of its taste, texture, and nutritional value. In fact, your freezer would be the ultimate prepping tool if it wasn't for one thing. It needs constant electrical power to keep running. Now, many preppers have a generator or other replacement power source lined up, ready to take over if the main power goes out in a crisis. But you still can't guarantee you'll be able to keep your freezer running all the time. In fact, you don't even have to wait for a crisis. What if there's a power outage while you're at work and you come home to find that the freezer's been off all afternoon? This has happened to most of us at some point, but unfortunately, a lot of people, even preppers, don't know what to do next. Does everything in the freezer have to be thrown out? Is it okay to just power it back up and let the contents freeze again? Or can you keep some things but not others? Here's what happens in your freezer when the power goes off and what you should do about it. The inside of your freezer stays cold through a combination of active heat removal and insulation. When the power goes off, the cooling pumps shut down and you're just relying on the insulation. 
Now don't panic though, the insulation can still keep the interior below 40 degrees Fahrenheit for up to three days, even in summer, as long as you keep the door closed. Now when you open your freezer, heavy cold air will spill out the bottom of the door and be replaced with warm air drawn in at the top. Normally this isn't a problem. The coolant pumps will kick in and inside a few minutes the warm air is as cold as what it replaced. With the power out, it's a different story. The warm air will still cool down, but it does that by warming up your food. Basic physics says that heat will flow from a warmer body to a cooler one until their temperatures are equalized. Inside a power down freezer, it flows from the warm air that just came in the door to the frozen food until air and food are both at the same temperature. Of course, air doesn't hold a lot of heat, especially compared to frozen food. But in summer, the air in your kitchen can easily be 80 degrees or 90 degrees Fahrenheit hotter than your collection of steaks. That means opening the door just once can raise the temperature inside by several degrees. Even if you don't open the door, heat will still be flowing from the air to your food. The installation on a modern freezer is good, but it isn't perfect. So some heat will stay, still make it through the walls. That warms up the air inside, which circulates, slowly warming up your food as it does. The more air in the freezer, the quicker it will warm up. Now, one way to keep your freezer cold as long as possible if the power goes off is to keep it full. If there's less air and more food, the food will soak up less heat from the air. If you don't have enough food to keep the freezer well filled, try filling old soda bottles with water and freezing them. If the power goes out, they'll soak up massive amounts of heat, and if it doesn't, you can cut the plastic bottles away, smash the ice, and use it to chill your beer in summer. You can also fill any spaces with closed cardboard boxes. That's not as effective as more food or water, but it will cut down how much air circulates and escapes when you open the door. Now, let's talk about what food to keep. Anyway, the power went off and your freezer warmed up, but you've got it running again. Now what? How much of the food that was in it can you keep? And what's now a health hazard? Well, a lot of that depends on how warm the freezer got and for how long. If the food was kept below 40 degrees Fahrenheit for a maximum of two days or still has ice crystals in it, it should be safe to refreeze. If the inside of the freezer reached 50 degrees Fahrenheit, Everything in it needs to be used immediately, unless it's already spoiling, or thrown out. That still leaves a gray area though, so here's a handy guide. Fish and seafood. These foods go off very quickly, and they can become harmful to eat even if they look fine. If any kind of seafood has thawed out, discard it. If there are still ice crystals throughout the package, not just a few in the middle, surrounded by a mush of defrosted prawns, it's safe to refreeze or eat immediately. Now, once vegetables have thawed, bacteria can grow on them very quickly. Like seafood, only refreeze them if there are ice crystals throughout the package. If there's not ice left, but the vegetables still feel cold, you should be able to use them immediately as long as they're well cooked. Canning is also an option if there's too much to eat immediately, but be very careful with temperatures because you need to be certain that any bacteria are killed. If thawed fruit isn't visibly spoiled and tastes normal, it can be safely used or refrozen. 
If it's started to ferment, it should still be safe to eat, but might not taste quite right. You can still use it for cooking, though, as long as it doesn't actually taste bad. Now, what about ice cream and dairy? Now, once dairy products have thawed, they shouldn't be refrozen. Cheese should be okay to use, and you can extend its life by coating it in wax. Milk and ice cream should be disposed of. They're perfect breeding grounds for bacteria. Now, check every package of meat and poultry. If it's been above 40 degrees Fahrenheit for more than two hours, get rid of it. If it's still cold to touch, you should be able to use it if you cook it immediately. Don't refreeze poultry that's thawed out, but other meat that was kept below 40 degrees Fahrenheit should be safe to refreeze. And what about frozen dinners? If frozen ready meals have thawed, don't refreeze them. If they still feel cold, cook and eat them immediately. If they're at room temperature, throw them out. Now, obviously, the important thing when the power goes out is to keep the inside of the freezer below 40 degrees Fahrenheit for as long as possible. Do that by keeping the door shut, sheltering the freezer from direct sunlight, and insulating it as well as you can. Wrap it in blankets and quilts, and if you can, fit a layer of wadded-up newspaper in there. That's great, too. If you can get your hands on some dry ice, put a block on the top shelf. The cold gas it releases will sink down through the freezer, cooling the contents as it goes, and extend the life of its contents by hours or even days. As well as this advice, always apply the basic rules of food safety. If something smells funny or looks like it's starting to change color or otherwise spoil, get rid of it. When in doubt, chuck it out. There's no mileage, especially in a crisis situation, in risking food poisoning. But if you can salvage any food after a power failure, you should certainly do it. And now you know how. All right. So let's talk a little bit about some of this stuff here. And uh, just, you know, we can we can go from there. And uh, I've got some just some extra things to, to talk about. So definitely, you know, food going to waste. And we've experienced that here with Harvey. And, uh, you know, one of the things was we, you know, we didn't realize how, you know, that our that our power was going to go out or for how long it was going to go out. Some of the things that I might do now differently would be like if if in, uh, we know that a hurricane is coming and, you know, that we're, you know, I live in Houston, so we get them, you know, pretty often or, or you know, something along those lines. I'm probably now going to get my ice chest full of ice, which normally I already do, but already do that and then pull out things that I would want to uh, to cook if you know the power goes out things that I would want to go ahead and do that so I would go ahead and put that there and these would be things that I would cook anyway right so if the power goes out or even if the power doesn't go out I'll fire up the grill and cook this meat whatever and, and I'd go ahead and do that because I want to minimize as much as possible you know opening opening that freezer door now another thing to do that he talked about here is filling it up as much as possible so I do highly recommend that you freeze up, you know, or, you know, get water bottles, uh, you know, and give a little bit of airspace, right? And then put them in there as much as possible to fill that up because, you know, that will hold the uh, the temperature in there a lot longer. Not only that, it will keep, um, it, will, it will keep your, your freezer cooler. So even when the power is on, if it's, uh, you know, not full in there, uh, it'll save you just a little bit. I mean, not a ton, but it'll save you a little bit. But it will be really, really worth it if you can 
if you if your power goes out and you have it, you know you have a lot of uh, water in there, so or a lot of water bottles in there. Okay, so another thing, and you hear this quite often, is maybe put a bottle or a, like a bottle of water, a regular, a small bottle of water, and maybe you fill it up halfway and you lay it on its side and let it freeze. And then you stand it up and maybe put it in the door if you have, you know, one of those or you set it to the side or something like that. And that way, if you are gone, maybe you go on vacation and you come back, you don't know if the uh, if you know if, if the power went out or not. You don't know whatever, you know, so um, that would be a great way to be able to see if um, if your power was out and if things uh, you know, defrosted in your freezer. So if you freeze it one way and then you turn the bottle the other way and then when you come back and you open up your door and you see the water as frozen in another position, well, then you know that, uh, you know, the power went out and it was enough to defrost that water bottle all the way to cause it to, you know, to, the water to, uh, you know, to uh, go back to a liquid and then freeze up again. And so that would be a clear sign to throw everything out if you were like on vacation coming in from that. The uh, other people say maybe you put a bowl in there and you let the bowl freeze and then you put a quarter or a penny on top of that. And so if you ever open it up, you see that bowl and the penny down on the bottom of that bowl or not on the top, then you know that the same thing happened. I just think that having a bottle um, takes up less space. The other thing that I thought was a great idea was having the dry eye. So if you are in a situation where you think you might lose power, like your you know, hurricane or whatever, that might be something that you just run out and go get and go get some dry ice and put it at the top of your freezer and just have it there. And, uh, you know, it can hold space uh, if you need it. And then it's, it's always there. So that might be something that you just might want to do to be proactive on that. And the other thing is you might want to just get a thermometer and put it in there. So if you get to the situation where you're finally, okay, the lights have come back on, I'm going to open up my freezer to see what the temperature is. You can quickly look inside and see what the temperature is and see if it has, you know, gone below uh, or above 40 or maybe has gone above 50 and, and those types of things. So, uh, you know, those are just a couple of little hints there that you could possibly do and uh, to maybe make life just a little bit easier for you. The other thing is, of course, and I've talked about this before in the, in, in the past, if you have a generator, that is great. If you can't afford a generator and then with all the gas, you know, if you're not keeping all the gas, because a lot of the times you, people don't have like big five gallon containers of gas, uh, you know, multiple ones. And if you fill up, you know, one of the, the nice size ones, it'll take five gallons and that'll last you a day and then it will be gone. Right. Or even just uh, the evening time. Uh, so in, in that kind of scenario, I would only want to run my generator to keep my freezer, especially if I had it full. I want to keep my refrigerator and my freezer full or, or cold. And so I would run it two or three hours uh, at a time to make sure that I'm doing that. And at the same time, I would charge my phone. I would charge my laptops and different things like that. So in batteries and all that kind of stuff. So that's the way that I would use it. I would not run it to... Uh, to run an air condition or, you know, run the, the, a window unit or something like that, unless I had a lot of gas and, you know, or unless I had some, you know, uh, 
an elderly you know person you know a parent or whatever living with me and uh, they needed to stay cool you know and, and even at that I would try to have some fans and stuff like that because I would try to keep the food in the freezer cold because when you lose that you lose a lot of money the other thing that I would say is if you can't afford a generator you need to get an inverter now, although I have a generator, I used an inverter during Hurricane Harvey just because I didn't, you know, I was like, this is easy to do. I can, I can just do this. And I had already filled up my gas tank. I have a truck. I have, you know, 30 gallons of gas in there. And so the, uh, the inverter that I have, you know, this was when I first started in preparedness. I bought one from Harbor Freight. I mean, from Harbor Freight, right? A lot of people poo-poo their tools and uh, you know they're not the best you know people will say they're they're like a one-time use tool and if you get more uses out of it you know good but I have this inverter and I've used it multiple times and so it's a uh, thousand I think it's like an 800 watt inverter but it has a peak peak power of a thousand or maybe it's a thousand watt inverter it has peak power of 1500 I don't know I can't remember but anyway you know you you have to connect it to the battery so you turn the vehicle on, you pop the hood, you connect it to the battery, and then you connect it to the freezer and it, may, it works, right? So you need to have, you're going to have a surge for the compressor that turns on uh, on your refrigerator or your freezer. You're going to have a surge and that's why you need to have, you know, 1500 watts or whatever, I mean, whatever your refrigerator or freezer is rated at. So it's going to surge and then it'll come back down. So uh, it worked perfectly. It worked fine. And so I was able to run my my freezer for uh, a while and I was able to uh, you know get it going and uh, I, we didn't lose anything so actually when we realized that the power wasn't going to come on right away we threw all of our food into our cooler I have a big cooler an igloo cooler uh, one of those 120 quarts and man that will keep if you do it right can keep things really really cold for long periods of time and so we've taken it up to the country and it has kept ice in it for days. But anyway, so we you know, loaded up everything we really wanted to keep and we took it over to my parents' house and we were able to stick it in there. So, you know, we didn't lose everything. There was some stuff that we left behind that we really didn't care about. And we just threw those things away. A lot of the times when, you know, your your refrigerator is out for a couple of days, you're going to throw everything away. You're going to wipe it down really good. And that's what we did, right? And so we came back. We wiped everything down really, really good. And then, you know, uh, started let, let it cool. And then we moved everything back in there. Actually, we left the things in my parents' house. And then once we got the freezer cool, I went back and picked it up and came back and put everything back. And, uh, you know, everything everything was fine. So if that's the case, you know, so you might want to have a, a nice igloo, invest in a nice igloo. Uh, I think the one that I purchased, that 120 quart off of Amazon, I think it was like 80 bucks. Uh, you can spend tons and tons of money like on a Yeti, but the igloo will do just fine. And so, you know, there's a couple of things that you can do so that you do not lose, you know, lose the food that you have in your freezer. And so if things like, you know, when he, he was talking about the ice cream and the dairy here, if I was going through a situation where I thought the, you know, like a hurricane or I thought the power was going to go out, I would go ahead and take that out and just have a party, right? I'm just like, hey, we're having ice cream right now. So, you know, go ahead and start, you know, so make, so you're not losing that, right? Uh, and again, if it boils down to the part, 
uh, to the point where you don't have an inverter, you don't have a generator, you're starting your, you know, your food is heating up, you're keeping an eye on it. So it's kind of like a catch 22. You don't want it to spoil, but at the same time, you don't want to open your freezer up so many times. But if you can keep, you know, you find that that perfect little uh, that time frame, right, where, you know, you're you're waiting, you're hoping that the that the electricity will come on, but you don't want it to spoil. And you get to a point like, all right, hey, you know what, we're just going to have a big party. We're going to invite the neighbors and all that type of stuff. So there are going to be neighbors who don't have food to eat if you're in a power outage or whatever. And so you can go ahead and do that or you can cook it. And if you have an igloo, you know, you can cool it off and put it in there and reheat it. We did that during Hurricane Harvey as well, actually during Hurricane Ike. Um, that was something that that was done, right? And so we would cook things and the things that we had left over, we just packaged them, put them in foil, all that good stuff, you know, put them into the igloo and they stayed cold and then we heated them up for lunch or or whatever. And so you just, you know, think, be a little bit more proactive and think that through so you don't wind up losing all the food in there because it can be very, very expensive. So if you don't have some igloos, you know, look on, look for garage sales, look for people that are giving them away, look on, you know, Craigslist, whatever. Sometimes people will give away an igloo because it's missing the, the cap, the drain plug. Well, you can go to a sporting goods place and you can buy a replacement or you can go to Amazon and buy a replacement for something like that. Or people will give it away because, you know, the, the latches have broken. Well, you can, you can find replacements for those very, very easily on Amazon. And so, you know, if you can't afford that, that's a way of doing it there. But, you know, be really smart about about that so you don't wind up losing uh, losing all the food in there. And then, you know, fill up your freezer. If you don't have that filled up with frozen water bottles, do that now so you can guard against, uh, you know, the situation where if you lost power, it'll be too late to do something like that. But then also it'll save you a little bit of money. So guys, this is over again over at askaprepper.com. I'm going to link to it like always in the show notes and uh, hopefully this has been valuable for you. Before I close out, I wanted to say you know, on Twitter, I was uh, reading some news articles that you know France has been going, you know, things have been going crazy over there. There's some riots and stuff that have been happening. I know that I've linked to some stuff on uh, on on Prepper website. I have uh, shared some things out on social media and things like that. Uh, but this Saturday, so if you're listening to this, you know, on the, the day that it's released this weekend, there are supposed to be some really big riots. And actually, so from some of the things that I have read, France is actually they're putting and I, I think I saw two different numbers, like 50, 59,000 extra police. I think I saw that one one number. And then I saw another like 83,000 police officers on the street. They've closed down museums. They've closed the Eiffel Tower. They don't want tourists to be out because they believe it's going to be pretty violent. And the people that are that are there are going to be, are, are, they just believe that it's going to, even even the people that are, are, are setting up the protests are saying that they believe it's going to be violent. So there's a lot of things that go into it. Some people are saying it's the fuel tax and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. I, I think other people are like, man, it's the immigration issue. Part of it, I think it's like people are just fed up. And when you read Mar like Martin Armstrong, he talks about that. He's like, people are done with politicians. And that's why you had Brexit. And that's why Trump won. 
And that's why what's going on in Spain and you have other you have other protests that you don't hear about in the alternative or in the mainstream media. You're only hearing about it in the alternative media and sometimes not even in that because there's a lot of things going on all over the place. But just people are not happy with the current way of the world. I mean, I guess that's just kind of the way you can you can explain it. But anyway, so you might want to watch France uh, and see what happens over there. Some people were talking about that the government might do a no confidence vote of Macron. And so, you know, there's uh, there's upheaval there. And so when there's upheaval in a big country like France that, uh, you know, that is uh, economic, uh, they're not really an economic power, but they do have a big economy when they are when that kind of stuff is going on. Well, then that's something to be uh, aware of, right? Not, not anything to go fear and Todd's not bringing out the conspiracy tinfoil hats. Again, that's just something that you should be aware of because it can, depending on what happens, send ripple effects, you know, in a bunch of different ways. So you might want to hit, you know, some of the some of the news uh, agencies. You might want to come over to Prepper website, go to the alternative news uh, alternative news hub page and uh, see if there's anything there. Uh, if you're on Twitter, you might might want to hit Twitter because things are always popping up on Twitter. And, uh, you know, you can find out what's kind of going on because I think it's always uh, a good idea to, to just stay up with what's going on in the world. And that way, that's how you, you're able to jump before everybody else jumps if there is a big major crisis. But again, please hear me. I'm not talking about being in fear or anything like that, doomsday, whatever. I'm just talking about being prepared and being aware. Things that happen on the global scene have ripple effects. And and that's all I'm trying to say. But uh, that might be happening this weekend. So uh, be on the lookout for that. And the other thing that you can do this weekend is because I don't put out a podcast episode on Saturday and Sunday, I need a little bit of a break. Uh, you can come over, though, to PrepperWebsite.com, and we link to articles every single day there. Every evening, we put out new articles that have been released for uh, that day, and there's a lot of great stuff. And even if uh, the articles are, you know, you've gone through those, we have other pages. We have pages dedicated to alternative news, to DIY, to frugal living, um, to uh, firearms, to conspiracy theory. If you want to go there, there, there's all types of, uh, you know, all information that you can get there. So, uh, you know, if you are looking for something to do, then peruse that. And then all, if you're not part of my mailing list, I do send out a Saturday email that I've, I started doing. I think this will be like the third or fourth uh, edition that I put out. It's like the Saturday prep, I think is what I call it. And so, you know, it's about 10 or 20 minutes worth of different articles, maybe videos, things that you can read while you're drinking your Saturday morning coffee, uh, if you choose to do that. And from the response that I've seen with people clicking and things like that, it seems to be pretty uh, popular. So I'm, I'm kind of excited about that. So that will go out if you are a member of the email list that goes out every Saturday morning. And so, you know, that's there's something extra for you there as well. So uh, with that, I'm going to say I hope you have a great weekend. I hope you get a chance to do um, some preparedness, but, uh, you know, rest and relax, spend some time with family and do the things that uh, will bring you a little bit of joy. And with that, that is it for episode 460. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. You can head on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com and that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And take a moment to connect with me. I have a ton of ways to connect in the show notes. And with that, 
Choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next week, stay prepped and aware. Peace.